Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Father, bless your word to us now. Let your presence fill our hearts and overflow us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's take our seats. Wow. God is so, so good. I want to ask you the question today. What fills your heart? What is filling your heart today? Is it full of faith? Is it full of love like we were singing about? Is it full of the Holy Spirit? Or is it full of fear, anxiety, pain, uncertainty, confusion? strife, unforgiveness, or is it full of joy and peace and hope? And today we want to just open that up a little bit and, and uh, think about what fills your heart. Second Timothy 4.7 in the Passion Message says, I have fought an excellent fight, I have finished my full course, and I've kept my heart full of faith. Now, for those who know the Bible, this is the Apostle Paul who had served God for decades and been through incredible storms. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten up because uh, it wasn't popular in some of the areas he went and preached the gospel. And here he is towards the end of his life writing. He's in prison again for preaching the gospel and setting people free. And he writes and says, I have finished the race. I have kept my heart full of faith. How do you do that when there's so much pressure and challenges? You say, well, we we haven't got the same pressures he has, but we all have pressures and challenges in our life. We have disappointments. We have sickness. We have family members who sometimes just don't understand what's going on in our life. We have an active enemy who's trying to destroy our faith. And yet Paul, at the end of all of this journey of many decades, said, I have kept my heart full of faith. I want to ask the question, how on earth did he do that? How did he keep his heart full of faith when so many other things could have come of anger and bitterness and and saying, God, you've forgotten me. I'm in jail again. I've been shipwrecked again. But he didn't let that consume him. Somehow he kept his heart full of faith and didn't let the other things come in. They would have been tempted to come in and that he would have felt sometimes forgotten. How did he do it? I believe Paul knew that he was saved by grace. Remember, he had such an encounter with Jesus. He was saved by grace. He was also filled with the Holy Spirit. And so when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, there's not a lot of room for anything else. If I've got this bottle full of water like it is, there's not much room for anything else in there. But if it's only half full, I can put some other liquids in there. I can put some tea or some muddy water. I can put some rocks or stones. I can put other things in there. But when it's full of water, there's not much room for anything else. And I believe one of the key ways to keep your heart full of faith is to make sure it's full of the Spirit of God because then there's not much room for the other stuff to fill our hearts and our souls. He also had a strong revelation of Jesus Christ. He refused to give in to opposition and persecution and he just didn't give up. We're all tempted to give up sometimes. I think this is too hard. But I want to say, if we can follow the Apostle Paul, you can finish whatever season you're in. You can finish your race and say, my heart is full of faith. The early uh, leaders in the church, a deacon, he wasn't one of the original apostles. But it says they were looking for some people to help serve in the church, to join the frontline team, to help serve communion and uh, wait on tables and, and meet the practical needs of the church and the, the poor and the needy. And they went looking for someone who wasn't just a nice person, who was smiling and friendly, that, that helps. But look at the qualifications they wanted to find for a guy to help and serve. It says they wanted to find someone who was full of faith, 
full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, full of grace and full of God's power. Wow, that's, that was a guy that was just, his heart was full of all those things. And they said, hey, you'll do and you'll do. And he, they picked out seven guys because they had their hearts full of that. Therefore, they didn't have room for negativity, anger, disappointment, unforgiveness, or all those other things that can try and crowd and clutter our hearts. So what are you full of today? Hopefully you're full of love, hope, or has anger got a hold and it fills you sometimes, or negativity, or kindness, or fear, or bitterness, or anxiety, or worry, or joy, or pain, or grief, or sadness. We were at a a conference this week with Pastor Paul de Jong from New Zealand. He reminded us that we are spirit, soul, and body. And we know that we've got to keep some balance in there. You can be strong in your spirit, but if you're eating junk food all the time and never exercising and forgetting to get on the bike, we end up... (laughs) Who said that? It wasn't me. (laughs) We are spirit, soul, and body... So he, he was speaking to us this week as pastor. He said, you've got to endeavor to have freedom and balance and health in every part. So if you look after your spirit and your body, but you let every sort of junk go through your mind and you let your emotions get cluttered up with anxiety and worry, guess what? You're just going to plod along and struggle in life. God wants us to be growing in freedom and in health in our body, in our soul, which is our mind, our will and emotions, and in our spirit. And he made a statement which I hadn't really thought through before. He said, if you've got two of those in order, you'll probably want to get the other one right. So if, you're, if your spirit is strong and your soul's doing well, you'll probably want to make sure you've got a healthy body so you can fulfill the God, God's plan for your life. But if you end up with two of them out of order... You just think, this is too hard. And that's when people give up. They self-medicate. They say, this is too hard to follow Christ. Or this is too hard to get my relationships in order, my family. And so we just settle back and we hide and blame and say, this is too hard. We've all been there. We've all done that. Maybe you're still in a place like that today. But I want to encourage you that we can be full of the Spirit of God in our spirit. We can have our minds renewed and our souls living in the fruit of the Spirit and not full of anger and pain and negativity and all those other things and worry that can rob us from a sense of freedom and purpose. And we can live as healthy as possible in our bodies. And God just wants us to look after ourselves as well as we can. Some of you love running and you run 10 kilometers a day. You love swimming and you'll do a kilometer a day. Mate, if I can make it to the end of the pool, I'm so excited. And yet I'll walk or, or I used to jog for hours and hours. But swimming, two laps, and I'd stagger out of the pool just about breathless. I think, how come this doesn't work this way? Some people love riding bikes or, or doing other exercise or gardening or um, you know, going to the gym, whatever. You want to keep fit. But for other things, that's just torture. Find what helps you to live healthy in your body. What brings emotional health and balance to your soul? Is it friends? Is it, is it think hobbies that just bring a release in your soul? A healthy balance. What helps clear your mind? Feeding it with junk, overwhelming worry or fear. Let's keep our spirit strong and full of the right things. Let's keep our mind full of the right things. Let our heart, our emotions be right. 
And then often you'll want to make sure that your body is as healthy as can be. Spirit, soul, and body. Let's be full of the right things. Proverbs 4.23 in the Passion Version says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Wow. Guard the affections of your heart. If we want to keep our heart right, we've got, to, we've got to guard and stop some stuff getting in. Some of us just don't have good boundaries. If you've been through broken relationships, if you've been through some difficult seasons in your life, then sometimes the boundaries of your life, you don't guard it properly. People just run over it, strong-willed people. Or the enemy's lies will just take a hold and you don't guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's here to help us. No matter what age we are, no matter how long you've known Jesus or still discovering where it fits, you've got to ask God to help guard your heart and mind because arrows will get in. You can be offended with someone or disappointed and you can pray for them. Say, that really hurt and I don't understand. And you can go through that for a day or two. But if you let that arrow get in your soul and start to fester, it has now gone into your heart and now you've got unforgiveness, you've got anger, you've got disappointment and all those upsets can just grab our heart. But with God, we can say, Lord, help me to be free of that. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. We often spend a lot of attention on our physical appearance. And that's okay, because we're human beings. And, and uh, it's, it's fine to want to be and look after our bodies the best. But it's very interesting, there is not once a physical description of Jesus in the Bible. Doesn't tell us how tall he was. Doesn't tell us what color his hair was. And I think God deliberately did that to show that it's about the heart and spirit is so much more important than the physical. We focus on the physical way too much, and yet they did, the Bible's deliberately not given us a description of Jesus. Deliberately, and yet the, our, our whole society and the enemy tries to get us focused on, on, on what our hair is or isn't and what shape we are. And, you know, every, every one of us hate or don't like some part of us, but God says, hey, I want you to accept how I've created you. Look after it, do the best you can with it. Let's shine the beauty of Jesus. Let's be as healthy as possible. Let's use what God's given us because our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we go through brokenness and physical pain. But God wants us to find His help and blessing. So we, we focus on physical appearance, what we wear, how we look, our facial expressions, our behavior. We spend so much attention on that instead of getting to the heart. Because if you get the heart right, all the other stuff is going to flow. Isn't it amazing? When someone, before they meet Christ, there's, there's anger, there's disappointment, there's pain, and there's not freedom on their face. And when they meet Jesus, there's a freedom comes on their face. It's like it opens up, their eyes get clear. There's, there's an, a, a, an attractiveness about their life and their soul because their heart's being sorted out. And then the physical and the relational stuff gets sorted out. And I think we've got to go to the heart first of all, because God always does an inside job, and then the outside job gets sorted out. And we've got to be careful that we don't press one another and just spend so much time on our behaviors on the outside. 1 Samuel 16, 7, 
But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearances when they're looking for a new king, or his height, for I have rejected him. Jesse had seven sons, and looking at them all, and they think, Toby, one of them, wasn't any of them. It was young David who was out in the fields, all smelly and messy, looking after the sheep, said, He's the one with the heart after me, and he's the one who's willing to serve, and he'll be the best king. And so God says, Don't just dwell on the outside appearance. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. Uh-oh. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What is the desires of our heart? What are the motivations? Is it greed or selfishness? Or is it driven by a heart to love Him and love others and to do the best you can and serve with our souls? And so today I want to remind you that we can be full of His presence and carry His presence, or we can carry our own burdens, needs, lives. Because out of your innermost being, John 7, 38 says, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Not from around him, but within him. And I love it when someone walks into the room and they're carrying hope in their soul. Whenever, as soon as they open their mouth, sometimes even before they walk in, before they open their mouth, there's something about the presence they carry Jesus in their soul. And it's, you think, oh, I'm not that spiritual. No, just be real and see what God will carry in your soul. Isn't it lovely when some people are just so hospitable? They're just welcoming people. They're just connecting with people. Marilyn's awesome at hospitality. I'm in a real slow learner. I'm getting better. We used to have people come over and if she was out, we'd be talking for an hour and a half and I'd forget to offer them a glass of water or a cup of tea. She'd walk in and say, have you had a cup of tea or water? No, we just got busy talking, you know, and this person's dying of thirst and I'm just having time to think. And we're all so different how we're gifted. But we want to need to carry kindness and grace. Carry love and acceptance. Let that come from your heart and people feel something real of Jesus. I love Don McDonough when he comes because he just carries the life of Jesus. He carries a contagious love of life and the presence of God. And we all carry different things in our lives. And I want to encourage you, don't carry around junk. Let's give it to Jesus, the finished work of the cross. Let our hearts be full. Nehemiah 4.6 says, They rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. Be wholehearted about what you do. Don't be half-hearted. Saying, oh, I'm just showing up and doing my bit, but not, your heart's not in it. Hey, isn't it awesome when your heart's in it? Terrible when you go to a shop and someone's heart's not in it and it's 10 minutes to knock off time and they just want to get you out of the shop. They want to sell you anything, but you really want to buy something. You need, need to get something for that event and their heart's not in it. They're just trying to push you out the door. And, uh, mate, I've met some of the craziest shopkeepers. I remember when we first moved to Harvey Bay here, we met several real estate agents. I'm amazed they ever sold anything. They took us around. We told them what we wanted. They took us to all the houses opposite of what we were looking for because they were the ones longest on the list and they just wanted to sell them off. And we told them. And we, we found our own house that we bought. We said, there's an open house. Oh, no, there's not. The real estate's arguing with me that it was an open house and I knew it was. He refused to take us to the house we bought. We went through three different ages. I finally found one who was listening and wanted to sell something. I thought, how on earth do you survive in business? I was just amazed. And then the one who did sell it, she was just couldn't do enough for us. And do you think this might fit? And, and worked it all out. And so we, we go through those journeys in our lives 
But as Christians, let's be connecting and listening to people's hearts, asking questions. Let's carry love and hope into people's broken lives and work at it with all our heart. Psalm 37, 4 says, Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Not just your head, not just something that will satisfy you for a moment, but the desires of your heart. And you say, well, that's a big statement. Let me tell you, if you worship God and love Him, your heart will want to do what pleases Him. There's something shifts in our heart. And some of you are discovering how that when you're doing it God's way, there's just a desire to do good things for people. You want to serve. You're not thinking about yourself first. You're thinking of others. Psalm 51.10, this amazing King David, he made some mistakes. He became king. He was <coughs> very popular, great leader, great warrior. But then he got comfortable and he settled and he ended up getting involved in committing adultery, getting the husband of the lady murdered and took nine months for God to get through to his heart. You think, how could a guy like that be so strong after God with his heart but he let wrong stuff get into his heart? That's why we all have to guard our heart. Don't live complacent lives. Guard our hearts, not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. Don't let gear get in there that's going to rob you and steal from you. So this is the beautiful cry of David. Nine months later, when he finally comes to a place of saying, God, God, I've sinned against you. And this is the cry in Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart. Wow, what a cry from his soul. One of the versions says, create in me a pure heart, a clean heart. All of our hearts get stained. We need the washing of the Word of God. We need the presence of Jesus. We need the blood of Christ as we share at communion time to wash our hearts because we all get a bit stained in the journey of life. We get overwhelmed when people let us down and say stuff to us. God says, come, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me. I love Psalms because quite often it's changed my heart, oh God. Create in me a clean heart. Lord, wash my heart. Lord, any motives that have snuck in there, get them out. And Lord, some that have still been hiding in the back room, Lord, reveal them with your love so I can be free. We've been uh, cleaning out our house and renovating some of our rooms and whatever, and we've thrown a lot of junk out the last few months. And then we started doing it at the church here in Changover. So the last three months, it's been huge clean out. And the stuff we found, a few hidden treasures, but a whole lot of junk. We might just keep that in case we need it. 16 years later, we haven't looked at it once. I think, what on earth have we filled up the room with that sort of stuff? Or our offices, and all of us just have so much stuff, and it just gets old and dirty and moldy, and it fills your house with junk. And our hearts are a bit the same. Regularly, we need a house clean. That's why when I worship, I just love to open my heart and say, Lord, just let my heart be free and clean and open. And the Spirit of God coming just washes out the junk. Every time you read the Word of God and do devotions, the Holy Spirit comes and says, ah, ah. That attitude's getting a bit out of line. Let's get that sorted. You're becoming too strong-willed or controlling or, or your pain is now starting to ooze out and people are pulling back from you because all they get is pain and rejection. Oh, Lord, fill me, heal me. Just have that cry from your heart. And uh, Psalm 139, 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Oh dear Lord. That's a scary prayer, isn't it? We used to sing one of those old hymns, didn't we? Search me, oh God, and know my heart today. I was a little kid, I remember we'd be singing it in church. I'm thinking, oh God, oh God, what did, what did you find in my heart today, you know? And, and be thinking about that angry word I said to my brother or the, the lollies I stole from him, or whatever, you know, you, you just search my heart, you know? And sometimes as a kid, you have a very sensitive conscience. As we get older, sometimes it can get hardened. And we end up with a hard heart. I want to say God wants you to have a strong heart, but not a hard heart. He wants you to have a soft, responsive heart to him and people, but it needs to be strong so it's not overrun by life and the what lies of the enemy. Create in me a clean heart. Psalm 86, 11 says, Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I might fear your name. How terrible is it when you've got a heart that's, you're in church on Sunday, you do this, and when you're with your work crowd, you do that. That's a divided heart. Or when you're with some rallies and they start to put pressure on, you end up going their direction because you don't want to upset them. And they give really nice expensive birthday gifts, so you don't want to upset them. And you end up with a divided heart. Oh, God. In business, sometimes there's, there's opportunities. If we just do this, we'll, we'll make that. No, don't have a divided heart. Have a united heart that fears the Lord and is full of true freedom. We're all on that journey and sometimes we've lived with, the Bible says our heart can become deceptively wicked. I used to read that and think, well, I'm not that bad. Because we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge others by their actions. Uh Uh-oh. That's a challenge, isn't it? But God loves us and he's come to fill our hearts with his love and wash us clean. And uh, just a couple more scriptures to wrap it up today. Hebrews 4, 12 is, it's a great scripture, but it's a scary one. For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit, the completeness of a person and of joints and marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. Oh, Lord, help us to regularly wash ourselves with your word. Encourage you to do devotions every day. Get out, a, just get a notebook and just write down a, the passage you're reading and just write a few thoughts and journal. Let God deal with your heart every day. Because often God will deal in a theme or a process for days or weeks until we get that area full and overflowing and then he moves on. And he's not always there trying to sort us out. He's there wanting to fill us with his love like we were singing today. Oh, pour out your love, pour out your spirit. And what a beautiful song that is. And that's the cry of our heart. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, be the controlling factor hearts. Wow, wow, wow. I've learned whenever the peace goes, I stay, Lord, what's happened? Have I done something wrong? Have I let something else creep in? Or have I not filled myself up fresh with your spirit and your love and I've allowed anxiety or fear or worry start to rob my soul? Whenever the peace goes, that's my quickest signal. Whenever my heart's not at peace, I say, Lord, what is going on? Ask him to show you and he will. It goes on, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, 
Indeed, you were called as members of one body of believers and be thankful to God always. Let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart and mind, generating every, uh, permeating every aspect of your being as you teach spiritual things and admonish and train one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your... And last scripture as the worship team comes. Philippians 4, 6, from 4, verse 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I love that verse. It's actually a command, not an option. What do you mean rejoice always? Just as it says, pray without ceasing. God's not being mean. He just knows that we get our heart focused on the right things. Rejoicing and prayer won't be difficult. There's a flow happens. There's a, a flow happens in our soul. Goes on and says, I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Oh God, is that possible? Well, it is if our heart's full of love and the Spirit. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, my prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So back to our first question. What's filling your heart today? Not just at this moment, but what's filling your heart in this season of your life? It's great when you're in church and the atmosphere is happening and there's people around you full of faith. But what about when you're on your own during the week or in that workplace or at uni or in that classroom or when the phone call comes and puts some pressure on you? Lord, what's filling my heart? I just feel the Spirit of God drawing and saying, hey, I want to fill you with my Spirit. I want your heart to be filled with love. And there are some people here today that your hearts are overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed because of the busyness of work and the demands of your work situation. There's a few people here, you're overwhelmed with financial pressure and saying, I I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. Or you're overwhelmed by the pressure of some family or friends because they've got expectations that you can never, ever reach. Isn't it horrible when you've got someone that you would like to honour and look up to, but they have impossible standards you can never, ever reach? Might be a brother or sister or someone. And that, it just makes life impossible. Do you know our beautiful God doesn't have impossible goals? Jesus came to make the way for you to live in freedom. Let's stand in His presence today. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 